Hello Bondapart listeners, it's Rebecca. I just wanted to tell you that we are now on Patreon, with six different subscription tiers and lots of exciting treats and extras, including bonus mini-episodes, monthly catch-ups, Ask Me Anythings and more. So listen to the podcast, follow us on Instagram and please go to patreon.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Thank you. Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm fine. You know, as always, when the sun is shining, I'm I'm happy. <laughs> uh, even though it's it's bloody freezing, shall we say? Oh, it is. It mm. is. I've been wearing my cashmere beanie hat, which is a gorgeous shade of oh, blue. Oh, you've been wearing indoors. a hat. That's oh, amazing. indoors, indoors. Oh, mm. I haven't got quite. I haven't. I haven't worn a hat yet this season. Well, I think this is the thing with with Victorian houses. True. That that I don't know if it was like punishment for being a Victorian or something, mm. but they seem to be designed to allow drafts in. Yes, that's true. It, which I find extraordinary given our climate, mm. and even with the heating on, it's still quite chilly. So I find, but I, but what concerns me is usually the hat wearing is much later into the winter. So I'm not really sure how I escalate. Yes. I mean, I'll probably have to wear a vegan version of those sort of Russian army hats with the flaps. Yeah. Layering hats is a bit of a tricky thing. Mm. Yeah. Well, I could think about that. I could investigate having several beanies, one on top of the other. Mm, I was it's just somehow conjured up that time when I was given one of these ear muffle things is that what they're called ear muffs yeah and I really didn't like them and they were a present so I felt I had to wear them yeah was this when you were little or recently uh not thankfully not recently but it it seems to have really been quite um a problem for me it just conjured yeah conjured up for me i did not Um, mean to trigger you no 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 that's fine i'll i'll get over it i will i will think um about hats instead yes think about hats that will keep me warm but you know the kind of hat that's so good that in my entire being is warm okay I will think that's, about that. That's that. kind of the aspiration. I mean, I I did have some earmuffs recently as an adult woman, and I did really like them. Except that I think, and I've also had one of those army hat kind of affairs, a vegan one, of course. Um, but what I find is they're dangerous in the city. That's because true. Mm. Particularly the hat, because you're semi blinkered and you're that's true, completely actually. muffled, mm. and it's not a good idea in the city. So. No. So indoors, though, no problem. Yeah. I, You know, there's only Coda to contend with. And in this weather, he just mainly wants to be sort of on your lap, up your jumper yeah. and close. Underneath blankets, I guess. Yes, yes. The blankets, the, the you know, princess and the pea bed situation is going very well. Okay. And I think I'm starting to transfer it to the sofa as well. Poor Adrian is, is kind of having to try and squish himself in between <laughs> The multiple layers of throws and blankets that Coda and I require. 
That's but really you know, funny. we're redheads. Redheads are sensitive to these things. Oh, I or at least Coda and I have that. spread this. Well, I think Coda and I have just created the myth. I don't know if it's true. Yeah, I used to be a redhead, so um, that applies to me then as well, I guess. Well, yes. Okay. I've only known you blonde. Yeah, no, I was born a bright red-haired baby. Wow. Yeah, they they used to show babies behind the window, and my mother said they always asked for me back because it was so funny. Oh. Yeah, it is. it was quite funny. I, I can send you a picture at some time. Please. It was very punk. Um, that does sound very punk and good. So you were probably redder than me as a baby. Yeah. Because I was sort of strawberry blonde. So quite pale. No, I was quite red-haired. Mm. Excellent. I'm proud of you. And so yeah, me too. Me too. Of us. Of us. Of yeah. all of us as, yeah. a, as a unit. Yeah. Fantastic. So did you manage to go to the V&A? Did you manage to get in? I did. I did. I went with my lovely friend Fran. Mm -hmm. And it was just so great to see her. That was the first thing I must say. And we really enjoyed the Alice exhibition. I think when we got there, got to like the queue, it was so packed really? that I think we were both thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be terrible. Mm. But, I mean, it's very magical. It's very much. And I was I was reading, you know, some stuff about the design and they really wanted to be an experience. And it is. So I kind of want to tell you about that. And then also Alice and what was in it, because it's like. They are all one thing, but it's also, I think, interesting how exhibitions are just increasingly, increasingly experiences. Mm. And I think that's both good and bad. It can go either way. This this was good, and I think for small children it would be a wonderful way to get them into exhibitions, although I think I don't know how they'd cope if they went to this and then one that's paintings on a wall. Mm. Because they might not recognize it as the same genre of thing. Of I mean, thing. maybe that doesn't matter. Yeah. So what is it? What is it actually about? Is it about the influence on design? I guess it being at the V&A or it's the book as a designed object, and then its legacy. Oh, okay. So the first room. I mean, it's it is very beautifully designed as an experience. So it's like the white rabbit follows you through, and there's like a little fold out. Thing. like you don't get I think Fran and I both took the you know the sheet of paper as you go in which mm. we thought was a normal gallery guide and I always just put that straight in my bag and then read it on the train home mm. and this one wasn't this was like a little guide for children more of you know there's white rabbits spotted across the exhibition and you can fold the paper and make your own little white rabbit <laughs> wow so yes um and it's very kind of spectacular and kind of Disney. Um, and the first room kind of reminds you of a Victorian drawing room, which I think was the point that it's like the deepest, deepest, darkest red. Really amazing color, actually. But it was really hard to see. I mean, because the lighting was very low, because it's all it was it's mostly paper. book paper. Yeah. Mm. So it has they have got the most amazing things and a lot of it it belongs to the vna itself which i didn't realize but you know they've got manuscripts they've got all the kind of stages in the production of the book um so they've got all the the Tenille illustrations at various stages um one of my favorite things in the exhibition was they've got a handwritten sort of double page of a notebook 
where I think it's it's Lewis Carroll has written it's like a chart of where all the illustrations will go oh wow I didn't know and you I were really so loved that well it, well what what you get from this is how both Tennille and Lewis Carroll his I'm going to call him his assumed yeah. name or I'm mm. going to get in a pickle um that they were both really really um you know attention to detail men mm. and so so you get this sense of them honing everything and that room was actually it was a pity because that would be a room that you could spend at least an hour in but you needed the space to actually get to the objects because it was so packed you couldn't Mm. and so for me and Fran it was more like trying to kind of duck in and see some things close up and then just scan other bits because there was a whole central bit with objects that looked amazing but I just could never get close enough to really see what they were in any detail Mm. so it was weird in terms of you know you get the timed entries and especially nowadays that you were in such a tight packed room so I didn't particularly wish to linger in a tightly packed room I wonder what can can do about that because it just happens so often Mm. and you know the Zanella Muholi we saw at Tate I thought that was so great that they had the history the end in a I way know, it was so clever I don't think he could have done that here it feels like no. you needed this first but mm. that happens so often that the first room is just so packed in exhibitions mm. yeah exactly and I think both of us were thinking oh my god if this is what it's going to be like we're just going to like walk through as fast as possible because it was it wasn't pleasant but then it was fine mm. you know it was it was fine like there were some bits that were a bit more bit more packed but it was a shame because there are like the drawings are so incredible and they're so detailed and like I love the one we were both obsessed with the one you know where her neck starts to grow oh yeah and her, and, and like I really love how he's drawn her collar going up with her neck they're like the rest of her dress is normal and then the collar is is you know creeping up with as her neck creeps up Mm. and I do like how she's very uncanny Alice in the original drawings like by Disney point she's she's not but I like how her hair is so odd like she has hair that seems far too big for a girl that size and Mm. age but it's just wiggly lines I like just as wiggly lines but it somehow all stays back I'm showing you with my hands although you can't (laughs) see me like it all goes back from her head, oh, her that's forehead, true. Yes. and it just stays in place. Like she does not have the famous Alice band mm. at this point. And so, how is it staying back? Mm. Is it pinned? Is there something going on at the back of her head that we can't see? Interesting. I became a bit obsessed with that. Mm. And we also like that that illustration. So you see that in the first room, and that, and this is something that obviously because it's all about one book or two books you you see things echoed through and it's kind of interesting to see how things are dealt with in different places in the exhibition and in relation to different artists or different time periods and this w- was one of our favorite things as well that there's a section not long after that that's by the seaside and it's very much emphasizing scale and and making you experience scale as a kind of slippery wobbly difficult thing so there's like a little beach hut that's tiny that you can 
bend down and, and stick your head in. I mean, if you're a child, you could crawl into it. That's got a, the original drawing of her. And it's weird because it's like the drawing is blown up to child size, but it's to show how she's big in a small space. Mm. And then there's, you know, in fairgrounds, you get those distorting mirrors. Yeah. There's like a little bit with them. And there's the silent film film version of the story playing in a little screen at the side as though it's an attraction on a pier. And then there's, do you know old, like old fairground or pier like game thingies oh, yeah. and it's like a lovely wooden box like a toolbox taller than you and it was with a brass um wheel you turn and you can turn it and her head shoots up and then her head <laughs> shoots down we really enjoyed that mm. we enjoyed that a lot what about because i've i've seen a lot of pictures and i've seen a few sort of short films but i have a feeling a lot of them don't have sound so what what about sound is there sound you do get sound so you mean in the exhibition yes mm -hmm. yes you do i mean you get the the bit that i really remember is in the seaside bit that you get like seasidey sounds mm. and there's a bit just before that where where it's like the swirl of water going up and you can see like the heavens above and the swirl of water and words are going up with the water. Mm. Um, and you get the sounds because then there's, although they're subtitled, it's, you know, it's funny, I can't think of the sounds really. But that's maybe they're... nice because I yeah. often go to exhibition and it's too much for me, the sound. Yeah, no, I, I mean, maybe I just didn't take notice of that, but I don't. It was quite striking that I think most, if not all, of the films are subtitled rather than playing loudly, mm. which means they can show several next door to each other, mm. which is good. Mm. And yeah, so you get, so you definitely, in the first bit, it's establishing the facts and the history, definitely. And you get this sense that there's a section, you know, Alice as a brand and, you know, how even in his lifetime, there's all the books and the translation so you get it translated into French and it was felt that was a good idea because there weren't any really equivalent books mm. in France at the time that were so heavily illustrated and there's like one where it's translated into Swahili and there's you know that's really interesting and with black characters mm. which I would have liked to have seen more but couldn't get close um, and then you get the sense of just so many theatrical productions and there was one let me i must find the the picture because we really liked how it was described yes alice in wonderland this is at the prince of wales theater in 1886 and it's described as a musical dream play wow and i just love that idea of a musical dream play. i just don't know how you would do it on the stage well that was actually interesting because There's a, a number of different costumes, you know, for, for stage productions mm. as well as for, for film. And you also, in some cases, have little, like, maquettes of the theatre and the staging mm. of it. And it's interesting, there was one that was very stark. I think it was a Dutch production, like a recent one. And then these kind of monumental, like, between costume and giant props almost of, you know, the Red Queen, the Queen of Hearts. Oh, yeah, I saw that, an image with of that. This, yeah. look, it almost looks like a sort of surrealist lipstick case she's inside. Yes. Um, and lots of posters for all the different productions. So you get such a sense of it being this, you know, something which was told to a child to or to children to amuse them and him, like, drawing 
pictures for them as he was telling it. Then it, you know, over two years becoming a book and then the book taking off and having its own life. And and the illustrations, oh, I wanted to say as well that I really liked because obviously when it was engraved, it turns into wood blocks and then prints from the wood blocks. And to Neil apparently was so fussy that they would have to cut out sections of the woodblock and do them again because he wanted things exactly right. Mm. So I like the way, you know, to Neil and, and Lewis Carroll are, it's like they can obviously see it in their minds so clearly mm. that it really matters how it lands on the page yeah. for them. And then you feel like all the different, you know, iterations of, you know, because you get have different illustrators are shown and different productions and posters and whatnot, that you have this sense that it's something that so many of us hear as a child, read to us out loud, and then it lives in our heads, and then it's like people trying to capture oh, what's what they in their heads. Had a, if, yeah, do you see what I mean? really interesting thought, yeah. And I, and I really like that, because it, it, it's like clearly, you know, I had I had it read to me when I was little, and I had the book, and I, ha- you know, and I liked the pages, but I liked it best this was a story I liked best hearing aloud and not seeing the pictures so that it was all in my head. Yeah, I don't, I think with, you know, there's sort of some English books or English language books that I let a mm. lot of people, um, British or people or English speaking people seem to know when they were little, like Winnie the Pooh or yeah. or Paddington and, and Alice. And I, I only, I think I only read Alice when I was in my 20s or so. It just... Oh, I, I wow. didn't. So it's a really different experience. Yeah. And so I had, by that point, I had seen something on TV and I cannot, I was trying mm. to figure out what it was and I can't. Um, it was in color. I know that. And it in my head, it was from the 50s or 60s, but I don't know. There's an amazing Jonathan Miller. I've never seen the program, but there's amazing photographs that were in like Harper's and Queen or Vogue or something of Alice as a dark haired old like girl of about 13 in in like serge blue dresses wow yeah it wasn't that i sorry i was just wondering if it was no that it one, wasn't it, that it was more no. like it was very exaggerated it was almost like right. um what is the yellow brick road one called it it, it was always like that in terms of color Oz. yeah the wizard of Oz. but it was almost like that in terms of color and production but but for right. alice but i i am now wondering whether i'm making it up but anyway i i would have seen I would have seen something, I think, before I read it. So I don't have, I didn't make my own pictures, Ah. which is a shame in a way, because it's, like you say, it's such an evocative. It really is. And I think it's interesting. One thing I didn't like about it when I was little was, or I kind of did, but I didn't want it read all in what, like I didn't want big chunks of it read because it is very fragmentary. It sort of is a narrative, mm. but it also isn't. It's like a series of very intense episodes yeah. with each creature she meets and each mm. character. Um, and I really, because I like how iconic, the truly iconic, the I think it's about 1951 the Disney version is and how that has so imprinted itself on so many people's minds. And I lo- I've always liked how it's very flat, bright, colors and i read that mary blair who was in charge of the look of it and the drawing of it um had just come back from south america and was really influenced by the art there and wanted planes oh, of bright color mm. i've never and, watched and one that of, i i should watch that yeah yeah i haven't since i was i don't know how old but it's it's really 
yeah, it's really beautifully done. And it's this intense blue. And I feel like I always see Alice as that intense blue mm. of her dress. And it, you can also see how it's both looking back to the 1860s when the book was published and her, you know, frilly puffy skirts. But it's also like new look. Ah, yes. Interesting. Frilly puffy skirts. Yeah. And there's this amazing, because I'd read before that they they had actors act out the scenes and then they translated that into the drawings mm. for the cartoon. But I'd never really understood what that actually meant. And there's these amazing, this amazing picture, I have to send it to you, where it's like stills of the Alice actress acting out different gestures and whatnot. And then the artist has clearly started to draw a line, has like drawn lines over her, mm. over the photograph to start working it up into a drawn, a completely drawn figure. And it, it's funny because at the same time that, that I was going to this show, I've been reading up on illustration oh, yes. for, for my book. And I found this book from the 20s on how to, it's like a sort of guide for professional illustrators who want to work in advertising. And there's this brilliant sequence of photographs of how they do an initial sketch of what they wanted the ultimate advert to look like then they'd get models to enact it and take a photograph of it and then give the photograph to the back to the illustrator and then the illustrator would illustrate it and then it and then so on and there's about five stages including a photographic stage which i'd never realized that's interesting at no, that I didn't point know. they were doing that so it was really interesting to see it as part of a film an animated film so there's like a room with that with lots and lots of like stills from that film and other productions and you know the one the Tim Burton version there's like a that being played and then there's I think yeah there's so many amazing things in it you know it is very magical and very good fun and there's like a lovely section on um, surrealism and then one that's more kind of 60s pop art reinterpretations of Alice because it's sort of interesting how it it's re-visualized with each gener generation mm. really and what about um so you said costumes do they also show mm. clothes yes I've seen the era is van Herpen dress I've seen that one yeah that is incredible mm. that is so beautiful and it's so magnificent like it, it's just on a black wall by itself and it takes up the whole wall it's huge and then there's a little video of it in movement and that is wonderful and I like the way that by that point they're thinking about people who are almost live not living as Alice but wanting to live like Alice and experiment and explore contradictions oh, okay and, mm. yeah I thought that was really nice that that there's kind of sections where it's just what does it feel like to be in that world hmm. there was a virtual reality bit but we didn't really want to queue up and put a, ma a mask over our masks hmm. and then the and also i'm sure i'd have just fallen over mm -hmm. but anyway yes there is that you know the there's that wonderful Andy annie Leibovitz series where there's all the different designers dressed up as characters from alice do you know the one i mean no i don't it's got Al um, natalia vodianova as alice and then it's got I mean, I, I won't get them right, but, you know, it's got John Galliano, Christian Lacroix, I think Karl Lagerfeld, Stephen Jones. It's got so many designers in it and they're each, you know, the Mad Hatter and playing each role. Mm. And there's a wonderful one where she's wearing a Victor and Rolf dress and they're in it, actually. That 
really mimics or is inspired by the illustration I described where her neck is growing and the collar is growing up. And the dress is a oh, pale Oh, yeah, I've got dress. it on the screen now. Yes, yeah. oh, it's and great. it's got mul- multiple collars. So oh, it's as though it's you're seeing it elevate. Mm. It's so cool. I yeah. really loved it. Um, that one and the Iris van Herpen were my favorites. And there's some other Victor and Rolf ones that are amazing that are just layers and layers of different colored tool and kind of plaited and oh they're amazing I don't know mad hatter kind of affairs and there are there are a couple of um like Japanese street style Lolita oh yeah Alice hybrids that are really lovely and then I think I think the the Iris Van Herpen is really great because it pushes you to think about about this thing of imagination because they have sort of digital versions of you know like computer games and and I think there's a quantum physics book that's based on Alice as well. That's like using Alice as a way to explain quantum physics. And then the last room is very disorientating because that's another thing. You are disorientated at points deliberately to make you feel the way Alice felt. Mm. Um, The last room, it's almost like you've entered the matrix. It's all like black and white and um, you know, like when it's stuff scrolling and it's going through the whole room. So you can't really quite. Yeah. And then it, there are columns and there's mirrors. And I just thought, I'm going to fall over in here if I'm not careful. So I just walked in a very deliberate line out. Mm-hmm. Just because I thought, I don't want to fall over in the middle of an Alice <laughs> exhibition. Um, but it is like you feel very kind of, you know, ooh, like spooky. Don't know where you're going. Oh, and there's the Tim Walker. The oh, amazing course, Tim Walker with yeah. the RuPaul. That, that's so gorgeous. So, yes, I thought it was wonderful. I think... Something needs to be done about how to cope with the first room that everybody spends hours reading it because there were so many, you know, exhibit labels that had a lot of information on and they were so little, the illustrations, obviously, Mm. and they're so precious that they're lit very low. So it's like I think thought needs to be given as to how you prevent that terrible bottleneck. Mm. at the beginning but yeah it was amazing it sounds so rich i i need to make an attempt to get a get a ticket yeah i'm not sure how long it how long it goes on i think it now goes on until the end of december oh does it so there's still time yeah and i think they're releasing them always like a week or two in advance or something oh i didn't realize that it was done like that yeah because um fran did the tickets Mm. I will. I will try. It looks. It looks. Have a go. Yes, I'll have a go. I'll have, have a, a go. go. All right. All right. Well, thank you very right. much. I sort of feel I have gone, but well, I good. shall go. I'll send you some pictures. Yes, please. Thank you. And yes. All right. So I'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Talk to you next week. Bye. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.